0: Welcome to The Debrief Podcast with Matt Brown. The podcast where pastor and author Matt Brown debriefs your questions about Christianity and current issues shaping our culture. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to The Debrief. I'm here with John and we're gonna be jumping into some of your questions today. So John, let's get rolling. Uh, This is from Amber from Riverside. I just started reading the awe of God this week. Um, You talk about fearing God in in an honoring and respectful manner. Uh, Many people try to reiterate the fact that God is like our father. Um, How would you explain that concept to someone who doesn't have a healthy relationship with or even know their father? I know who this girl is. And what tools would you give someone to help them truly believe it? This is a broken young woman amber thank you for sending in this question i appreciate your authenticity um, i'll share more about her story with you off air um, but abuse uh, neglect um, just violence and um, just heartache and so uh, any image of father is painful for right so. amber i'm i'm just so i'm
0: so touched by what you've gone through mm. and I'm so compassionate towards what you've lived through but Amber God the father is not your father mm. and the image that your father has painted you is now distorted of what a true father is and a true father loves his little girl and tenderly nurtures his little girl and wants to see his little girl grow and be loved and be celebrated that's the real father in heaven Mm. and i know you've never experienced that but if you will allow god to come in and he's not like our father he is our father Mm. and so he is this is the thing amber i you know i had a world war ii dad my dad was not engaged with me Mm. very quiet i can't remember ever getting a hug from my dad but i deeply love my dad he's in heaven now thank Mm. god but all of us as fathers we make mistakes and the question is how severe are mistakes as fathers some are very severe like amber's father Mm. and now what has to happen is God will reveal. You know, Lisa had a very similar situation and God one day showed her the scripture, when my mother and father have deserted me, then God becomes my father. Mm. And Lisa said, and God said to Lisa that day, Lisa, you know, her dad had deserted her. I remember we drove two hours to go see him because she wanted him to see the grandchildren. He put a sign on the door and said, hey, I had a party to go to. And she cried all the way back, right? And God said to her, John, when John had needs something, he goes to his earthly dad, which I did. My dad was there for me in that respect. He said, But Lisa, your dad has deserted you. I'm your dad that you can come to. And this special relationship developed between Lisa and God. Mm. And I thought it was so beautiful that anytime she needed something that an earthly dad would give her, Mm -hmm. she went to God the Father and I saw him do this for her. Mm. And I mean to the point of nurturing her soul, Wow! right? I remember she told me something. She said that the Lord said to her, he said, Lisa, I always thought you were funny. I mean, here's God speaking that to my wife's heart. Um, and and I'm like, that's something a dad would say to his daughter to compliment his daughter and nurture her. Do- his daughter. Yeah. But Amber, I wanna tell you to be brave and know that even though God is a holy and a mighty God that puts people on their face, he also has the heart of a dad. And he also wants to nurture you. And he wants you to flourish in his presence. Give him that opportunity. Be vulnerable. Pour out your heart to him. Just say, God, I'm having so much trouble trusting you as a father because my father's let me down, but I'm going to do it. Mm. And I want you to be my dad. And he'll do it.
1: Yeah. And I just want to, my heart goes out to all of our listeners who didn't have a dad or had an abusive dad. And, um, I think it's why Jesus reveals God as father to us because he knows the brokenness of so many. And so, um, you know, and, you know, just again, Amber looked at Jesus. He just says, you know, Jesus says, you know, I can see my father and I do everything that he says. And so much of who the father is, is reflected to us in the person of Jesus. And so he says, look, I, I'm only doing what he says. I'm only, I'm only doing what I see him doing. And so just know that even though our father is to be feared, Part of who Dad is is we're seeing in Jesus. We see it in his son like when I look at your boys, you know I see you in them. They're distinct, but I see you in them and I see your strength and your love in them. and um, so Amber I'm gonna be praying for you and thank you for sending this question in I just I just love I love this gal praying for this gal. All right this next one is Brian from Reno Valley. Why do you think the term holy or holiness is so weird and standoffish to people? And how do we navigate that as a Christian? Man, I feel like you hit this in your message. I did. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because it's been, I mean, okay, everything that's important, what is the devil gonna try to do? Yeah. He's going to try to distort it, try to. Yes. there's, there's There's a proverb, Matt, a Chinese proverb that says, the cat that's been scalded, by the boiling water will fear even cool water. Mm. So what is the proverb saying that if you pour boiling water on a cat and you scald the cat with it, when you put the cool water out that will bring refreshing, the cat will actually run from it.
1: Mm.
0: Now, think about everything that's important for our getting close to God. What is the devil gonna try to do? He's gonna try to distort it. So let's just talk faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Oh my goodness. Well, I remember back in the 80s and 90s, there were these teachers that came up in so distorted faith that made it all about uh, satisfying my selfish desires, mm-hmm. using my faith to satisfy my, my lusts, my my greed, right? And it really turned people off to the point where when you mentioned faith and you even said something scriptural like the word of faith, people are like, "Yes, don't talk to me about that. Well, the same thing with holiness. Okay, so now, oh, oh well, let, let's just talk another one, finances. Yeah. I mean, Jesus talks about finances so much, right? It's in the New Testament so much. But what happens? You get all these teachers rise and, and, and they're living in opulence and they're yes. getting, you know, trying to figure out little ways and getting money out of people. Now, all of a sudden, you're like, don't talk to me about finances. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're never going to have a harvest if you don't understand that Paul said you got to plant in order to have a harvest. So now you don't want to hear the healthy aspect of it. Same thing happened with holiness. Mean-spirited teachers that wanted to control people into a behavior that they thought was right Mm. began to constrict people's lives, began to put the legalistic bondages on people, and now they've been scalded by that legalistic holiness. Now you mention healthy holiness, which C.S. Lewis says is irresistible when you meet the real holiness, and I agree with that because I have met the real holiness, and it is so hungry. I mean, I'm reading three books right now at the same time on holiness. Wow, okay. And I don't understand why, but I am just so hungry for it. Um, So when you understand that holiness is the doorway into an intimate relationship with God, now all of a sudden you realize what it really is all about. Mm -hmm. And it's all about being separated. Holiness to me is just like, you know when Lisa walked down the aisle and she got married to me, she said goodbye to 3.9 billion guys. She's just saying, "This is the man, I'm right. going to be his, yeah, and when we when we are really, truly authentically walking in holiness, it just means I'm God's, I'm his, I'm his bride, and I chose him, yes, and yeah. and, the, and 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 God doesn't ask any more from us than what a healthy spouse asks from his wife or her husband. I just want you to be faithful to me, mm-hmm. and that's holiness. In a nutshell, to me, that's, you know, people, when they hear the word holiness, they think of purity, but that's not the right. primary definition of holiness. Mm-hmm. The whole holiness, it's separated unto something. Yeah. I am separated. I'm his. And what a wonderful thing to be separated unto the creator of the universe. Yeah. Oh. Where he actually is. You, you know, Psalm 8, where it says, oh, God, when I look at the heavens, right? Da, 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 da. What is man? Right. I mean, here I am looking at this vast heavens. I mean, I could go on and on and on because I studied astronomy and physics and all of that. I mean, when you just look at the universe, your mind gets blown. I mean, literally blown when you see the distances. I mean, it would take 670 million miles to fly nonstop on a United Airlines to the nearest star. And yet that nearest star is only 4.3 light years away. The next closest galaxy yeah. is two point three million light years. Most people don't even get that. Yeah, no. But I when guess. you start understanding that, you are like, "Whoa, that really does declare your greatness, yes. your glory, right?" So here, when 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 in Psalm eight, when it says, "What is man that you are mindful of him?"
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I believe it's one of those massive, giant angels that surrounds the throne, and I believe that when that angel watched God in the interest He took in human beings, He went, "What is?" that, that you are so ever thinking about him or her. It blew that angel away. Yeah, And, and that's why it is so awesome to me how much God cares about us as human beings. Yes. I mean, I'm on my knees in the hotel room this morning and I'm just saying, God, thanks for choosing us. I mean, you could have let the whole human race go to hell, mm. but yet you died. You died knowing what you would suffer. You chose to do this. It just is awesome when you think about it.
1: Oh, I love it, man. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I I think, you know, um, like you said, the whole movement of God is love, you know, and and because the church was rigid and harsh and judgmental and legalistic and so that, you know, the Jesus revolution, right, we— we needed to get that other side of the truth of God, but now we're over there and we've forgotten. You know, I had a guy at our church; couple, the last guy that was going to speak. He said, "I'm going to preach against legalism." I was like, "No, sandals could use a little legalism, <laughs> like you know, because I, I tell people I pastor first Southern Baptist Church, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Like that's like that's where we are in California, <laughs> I don't, you know, because because people are just they have this picture of God, um, you know, it's kind it's kind of Catholic, kind of not. Um, and then it's all this cultural stuff, but it's it's nothing biblical. And so I just kind of go, God gets me, God loves me, God's my cheerleader. God wants me to be me rather than me to be who he's created me to be. And so identity is just, just a mess here. This next question, John, is you know a little aggressive. So I apologize, uh, but that's how we roll at Sandals Church. So you have written what feels like a million books, 24 actually, Alex. So thanks for rubbing it in. 24 books. John just wrote one in the bathroom before he came out um how have you navigated and deciphered your words versus god's words wow that's good uh and fought for humility throughout that so alex i hope john is still my friend after this question
0: alex i I love that question no i actually do um i think i've already kind of answered it i without a doubt alex i think the protection of god on my life was the fact that i was so bad in english Mm. so um now that I looked at these books have sold in the tens of millions, mm-hmm. right? I realized that it never could have happened without God. So as far as the humility aspect, I, I more than any other human being mm-hmm. realize my name's on the book because I was the first guy to get to read it. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as the aspect of writing, God's thoughts, not my thoughts. It's my absolute passion. And I pray this, mm-hmm. that when I sit down and write, that God would inspire me and give me his words. Amen. Now, I've got to make sure my heart stays neutral. Mm. Like, I got to make sure I'm not angry at a group of people when I'm writing something. I got to make sure that my heart is has his heart. Is there gonna be, is there gonna be errors and flaws? Probably. Mm-hmm. And probably one day Jesus will expose that. I hope not. Yeah. But my faith is when I say, because because, this is the thing, I'm never gonna write a book unless it's in faith. I actually said to the Lord, I'm not writing a book unless you speak to me about mm-hmm. it. And so all 24 times God has actually spoken to me. I waited on the awe of God book for years because I kept waiting for God to say, right. I remember at one point between 2000 and 2004, my COO came in and says, because my role is to go to the ministry. All you have to do is sign that dotted line and our ministry is going to get a six-figure check. Hmm. And I said, no, I'm not doing it. And he said, why? I said, because God hadn't spoken to me about a book, so yeah, I'm not signing it. I'm so proud until, of you on that, yeah. And, and, and it, because I have too much fear, healthy fear, realizing the people that I'm, I'm I'm reaching. I mean, in Vietnam, we're the most published authors, secular or Christian. And yeah, I can say fantastic. that in like 47 other languages. Yeah. So. There, I, I have actually mm-hmm. now prayed, Matt. I've said, God, if you see me going south and you see me doing something that's gonna bring shame, I want you to take me out. I want you to take me out. And, and I had to realize that he'll do that if, if I do. Mm-hmm. So that I wanna keep the fear of God. I'm praying that God baptizes me with fresh fear of God every day, because I know the fear of God is what, what departs from sin. When I've got that in me, I, I'll depart from sin, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a real fear. Of the lord and there's a real mix of faith in that of saying okay god you know faith without actions corresponding actions is dead yes so i've got to sit down and know okay lord you're going to give me the words for this chapter Mm -hmm. and to be honest with you it makes it really helpful for me when i look at the fact that i've never made an outline for a book Mm. and how does a book come out i mean you're sitting there going what i mean people laugh at me and go you're kidding you write an entire book without an outline. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that tells me even more. It has to be God. Mm-hmm. It can't be me. Yeah, I'm not that smart, Matt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I did horrible in English, so I think all of us in the areas that God gifts us in mm-hmm. have to constantly keep before us that this is His ability, not my ability. Yeah. Paul said it like this in First Corinthians four seven. What do you have that you didn't receive? So why do you act like you didn't receive it? Yeah. So anything, if my ability to speak, I put my wife to sleep the first time she heard me preach after getting married. Her best, Seriously, her best friend sitting next to her, I watched drool come out of the side of her mouth. Oh my gosh. Now I speak in front of 5,000 people, 10,000 yeah. people, 20,000 people. People say, do you get nervous? And I say, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. They think I'm being arrogant. I'm not being arrogant. I know how bad I was. And I know if God doesn't show up, we're all in trouble. Yeah. But the thing is, he does. And it's his ability. Mm-hmm. And he took a boy who put his wife to sleep before his hand came on my life. And I thank God for that. Mm -hmm. What happens if I would have been just a natural and all of a sudden he put my hand on my life? Well, it would have taken a lot more Mm -hmm. character development in my life to realize, okay, realize this came from God right from the beginning. Does that
1: make sense? Yeah, no, that's a good word. Yeah, um, you know, Alex, I'm not Mm. not John. So, uh, you know, I've only written two books, but I can just tell you my story. um you know when i wrote this it was done and i sent it off to my first reader and she didn't get back to me and her husband called me and he said she doesn't want to tell you and i said what and he said she doesn't like it and i went okay and i heard this from the lord you've been polishing a turd for six months I heard that from the Lord, John. Oh my gosh. And so I called, I called her and I said, Lori, uh, what's wrong with the book? And she said, the chapter I asked you to read first, chapter 12, she said, chapter 12 is fantastic, but we're not going to get anybody there. I said, so you want me to rewrite 11 chapters? She said, no, I want you to throw them away and start over. And so Alex, here's what I did. I cried out to the Lord and I said, the Lord, I said, Lord, this is a turd. That it's me it's been me and i and i i just got rid of it and tammy my wife said thank god cuz she didn't like it either and i sat there and i just it just every day i cried and i wept and i said god help me and that's where that book came and so i wrote that book in 3 months i mean i i had chapter 12 done but i threw away 60,000 words and you know <laughs> you that's know a how, lot of work you know how painful that is but for me what i had to do is i had to die to what i was trying to do cuz i was trying people that are listening i'm making ear quotes, I was trying to write a book, but God had something to say and it wasn't in what I was writing. And so, you know, you've heard messages where you're like, that's not anointed. You know, you've heard a pastor in, yeah. and you've, and you've seen things and you know, you know, when God is present in a message, you know, when God is present when, when you're writing something. And what I would just say is just like holiness, when you sense the absence of God, freak out and get it right and invite him back into that process and don't be afraid so repent don't be afraid to turn around and do something different metaneo change you know change your life and um you know so that was for me you know you're married to lisa bevere no one else in the world is so you have a holy spirit lightning rod to speak into your life. And so for me, I'm just so grateful, you know, cause Tammy, I don't know how you and Lisa do, but she didn't want to have tension between us. So she didn't want to read it, but she had snuck a peek at it and she didn't like it. And she was so grateful that Lori said, she just said, this isn't it this isn't it so a life so. scripture
0: for me has been psalm 127 except the lord build the house they labor in vain who build it you can build a house and god not be in it yes you can write sixty thousand words and god not be in it and that is a fearful thing when you think about it and that's why i believe when we posture ourselves as you did and you come before god and you humble yourself yeah that's when i believe god says i'll dwell with the humble hmm I, who am high and lofty and mighty, I dwell with him who is of a contrite mm-hmm. and a humble spirit. I don't want God visiting me. I want God dwelling with me. Yeah. And that's all dependent on me humbling myself and having a contrite, repentant heart before him constantly.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you you know, you know, work with Kyle Oland. Mm-hmm. And so Kyle, we, we share the same editor, which just makes me feel so much more important. Um, but uh, you know, Kyle, because the, the book was due Thanksgiving, yeah. And this is January 6th when my first reader says, throw this away. But I think God- Are for- you talking January 6th this year? No, last year. Oh, last year. Yeah, okay. last year. And so, um, so and I told Kyle, I said, hey, it's not good enough. I-, I need more time. And I'll tell you why I love Kyle. He said, take all the time you need because we want to hear the book God wants. And so I was just grateful for that. Because, you know, it can get a little pressure oriented like, hey, this is this has got to be done. And I was- three months behind a deadline. And, um, so I, I'm just really grateful. So Alex, I think that, you know, I mean, I don't want to do anything unless God's in it. And, um, you know, I, I learned years ago when I first figured out I was pretty good at speaking, I got a little, a little excited about that. And I remember John, we were preaching a series. You remember the five long love languages? Yeah. So I was preaching through that and people thought, You know, I was a genius because I didn't write it, but I'm preaching through that. And I remember walking on stage and the Holy Spirit said, you think you're pretty good, don't you? Let's see how you do on your own. And I walked up on stage and I preached this sermon and it, and nothing worked, John. Nothing worked, nothing happened. And I remember standing in the lobby and there was this woman and sandals had grown from about 100 people to 1,000 people in six months. And a woman in the lobby said this to me, John, what happened? tonight we only had evening services you were not yourself oh no 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 she was wrong i was myself i was up there without the holy spirit and i went home and here's what god convicted me i had spent more time on my outfit that week than i had in prayer but i just tell you what the holy spirit just said let's go let's see let's see what matt can do and um and so um for, for, from that from that point forward i I just fell i fell on my knees before the lord and i saw what i can do without him and i just said I'll, never again never ever again because it's one of the greatest things that ever happened to you I in g- regard to your ministry i know oh my goodness so
0: and man, i have similar stories okay. i'm telling you those are, no i'm yeah, not going to say yeah, them. Okay. i'm just saying
1: those are the things i so appreciate god doing that i know I know. Okay, Griffin from uh, Azusa. What are some practical things you do to experience the presence of God? That's practical that's, things.
0: That I love that question because in 2020, when COVID hit, I set a goal that I wanted to connect with God every single day. And I, the first thing that I learned as far as really connecting, because you know when you come out of prayer and you really didn't connect, and yeah. you know when you come out of prayer and you really yeah. connected, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, I used to really, really struggle, and this was the first thing God taught me, and, and, and I'd go into the, I'd go in just praying, or I'd sing, and it would take so long to really connect right, and sometimes I wouldn't, a lot mm-hmm. of times I wouldn't. So, one day I decided, I'm not even going to say a word, I'm just going to think about how awesome my my dad is. Mm. And I'd start thinking about weighing every drop of water on the earth in the palm of his hands, weighing the mountains and scales, the fact that he would take a body, empty mm-hmm. himself. And then, all of a sudden, there was the presence of God. I went, wow, wow that's pretty amazing. So the next day, I thought, I'm going to try it again. So I started thinking about how awesome God was, right? There was his presence. I thought, okay, this is getting easy. So the next day, I do it again. And it happens again. Mm-hmm. So that day, I said, okay, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Why is it now so easy to get in the presence of God? And the Holy Spirit said to me immediately, he said, how did Jesus teach his disciples to pray? Mm -hmm. So I just say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, and I stopped myself and went, hallowed be your Mm name. Oh my gosh. And I saw it right there. Jesus taught his disciples, Mm -hmm. don't come into the presence of God unless you come in with a heart of awe Mm -hmm. and wonder Mm -hmm. and a heart that, keeps his name holy, Mm -hmm. right? Set apart, sanctified. Mm -hmm. So that was one. The second way was to be authentic and really get to my heart. Mm -hmm. Like not just praying words or things that I really wanted to be prayerful about, but really getting and laying aside all anxieties. So anxieties will keep you out of the presence of God Mm -hmm. more than anything else I know. Yes, yes. And a real revelation hit me just a month ago. I'm reading first Peter five, and I realize Peter says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And the next statement is casting all of your anxieties on him. Wow. I went, oh my gosh, when I don't cast my anxiety on him, I'm not, I'm being proud because I'm thinking I can take care of this by thinking this through. <clears throat> and I realized right then of aspect of humbling myself. Mm. was to release anxieties into his hand. It doesn't mean just not being concerned about something. It means willfully giving him the care, knowing that he will take care of it. That will clear me quicker than anything else. So the real battle, I think, when we come into the prayer closet is to get our mind off of our our anxieties, cares, and worries onto the awesomeness of God. And the sooner we do that, the faster we get into his presence and Mm. connect.
1: I needed this talk last night. <laughs> okay. I feel like John's a day late. No, like last night, um, you know, my, I'm taking care of my aging parents. And I went over there and they had a hard night. So my mom's backs out. Um, my dad has, is battling dementia. So my mom's having a physical ailment. My dad's having a, a, and I just got, I got overwhelmed. And what I needed to do is I needed to hear what you just said right there. Because my anxiety over caring for my aging parents was overwhelming me, and I should, I should have, I should have did So I, I, I don't know if anybody else needed to hear what you just said, but I feel like the podcast was just for me right now. And I actually asked Tammy when we went to bed last night. I said, "Would you pray for me?" I said, "I'm just really angry because I love my mom and dad like, and I love that you yeah. do, and it, and it God was, loves that you. It do. was hard for me to see them hurting so bad, and so, um, and anyways, it was just, um, man, last night I, I got, I got full of fear. I'm thinking, okay how am I going to care for them? They live right here where we are. And I live about 30 minutes that way. So, I'm, I, you know, my mind's spinning, like, what do I do? And so, so anyways, I want people to go back and rewind this. You know, when I listen to podcasts, I do 15 seconds back. 50. So go, go do the hit 15 seconds back and hear what John just said again, because that was the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I can't imagine I'm the only person that needed to hear that today. And I can't believe you spoke that and I needed that. I needed it last night. But man, that's that just so
0: the Holy Spirit's here in our midst. Amen. amen.
1: All right, last question, Diane from Redlands. Uh, I love the message you preach at Sandals, so she must have been in the uh, in the studio. Yeah, I love. Uh, I would love to know. Have you ever struggled with legalism in the pursuit of holiness? And if so, what helped you transition? Oh, I love this question, Diane. Out of that bondage, Diane. That's an
0: excellent question. All of these have been excellent yeah. questions. I want to say that to everybody. Diane, <clears throat> I came out of a Catholic background, but then I came into more of a faith type of atmosphere that emphasized faith and not anything about character. Mm. And in the midst of that, I discovered the importance of holiness. And my first initial response to holiness, I went into a legalistic aspect. Mm. Um, I, My kids and Lisa and I laugh about it and I talk about it as my days of being oversaved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all my kids laugh and <clears throat> they're very merciful to me, I will say, but the way I came out of it is understanding, written not understanding, really praying for the heart of God mm. and the love of God. Now, let me let me kind of let me like tell the story. Um I got to the place where I remember I was invited to one of the largest conferences in Europe. Mm. All the most influential, this is in the 1990s. All the most influential leaders were there and uh, the end of the 1990s. And I, um, I preached three messages and I heard from three different continents that I beat the sheep. The guy who led the conference Mm. told three different leaders from three different continents that I had beaten the sheep. Wow. Ouch. And it hit me hard. And I remember really hearing, you know, because Jesus said, agree with your adversary quickly. And I'm always like, okay, when people criticize me, is there something to this? And I thought, there's something to this. Because i I, I I had just gotten um, really upset with my oldest son about what today I would l- actually laugh about and think is hilarious, and I and I and I started going into my basement for four months, mm-hmm. crying out that God would pour out His compassion in my heart. Amen. Literally every morning I went and it was the first thing I was praying about. I said, God, I, I want compassion. Well. God gave me a revelation in that time. And I'll never forget this as long as I live. And that revelation is going to sound silly, but it was a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go Amen. And all of a sudden I realized there are people that I had heard said, oh, don't sugarcoat it. Now my motto today is sugarcoat it as much as you can. Because honey and sugar does not diminish the potency of the medicine. It's when we compromise the medicine is when we, Make it Mm. ineffective. Mm. And I started praying, God, give me the way of saying this with compassion and and humor. I'm at, because I if I I told you this yesterday, I told everybody this yesterday. If I try to be funny, I'm not. But God, when I really find that I'm really flowing with him, Lisa says, You're funny. You'll say things that I think are funny. Yeah. And and God started doing that for me. And I started looking at people through different eyes. And then one of the greatest things happened. I, I went to a conference. And it was, it was in Montreal, Canada. is the largest church in, in, in Quebec. And the guy's really a great guy, You know, ice hockey player. I played hockey till I was 40, so we 44. So we'd play hockey when I'd go up there and preach for him. But I preached three services for him in that conference. And he said, can I go to dinner with you alone? And I said, sure. So we sit down at dinner and this guy looked at me. He said, the potency of your message has not been altered, uh, not even a little bit. He said, but I've never seen so much compassion pouring Amen. out of you. I love that. I start crying at that dinner. And I realized God had answered my prayer for four months in the basement saying, God, give me a heart of compassion for your people. I don't want to ever beat your sheep, Mm -hmm. your people. And so, I would say, yes, I got a little legalistic. I got overzealous. I was swinging the pendulum from the loose living I was seeing in, in my circles, my church. And I started seeing the importance of holiness, and I became a little legalistic. I find this is a natural process of us learning and growing. Yeah. Sometimes you'll have the legalistic people, they'll get free and they'll swing it to the other end. And now you're a little bit, a little, you're a little too loose for them, yeah, right? Yeah. No, yeah. And they realize it and swing it back to the middle. Yeah. So, I, I almost feel like if we're on either end of the spectrum, sometimes we go a little bit further on the pendulum and we got to get it back to, to ground zero, to where we're bathed in compassion and we also have that reverent holy fear. When the, when we've got those two and we keep those before our hearts, mm. I believe that's when we become a healthy believer and we represent Jesus well.
1: Mm. That's my thoughts. Man, that's a great word. Diane, I hope that spoke to you. Uh, thanks everybody for listening to today's episode. You can always submit your questions anytime to move.sc/ask. Or you can go to the Sandals Church app. Uh, If you want to watch John's message, it will be linked at the end of the episode. And John, thank you so much for blessing Sandals Church. Thank you so much for blessing me and Tammy. Thank you for changing my life because you have allowed God to speak through you. And I said this, I don't know if you guys heard this, but I said when I introduced him in the studio, whenever John speaks, God speaks to me. And you did it again today when with your whole thing with prayer and anxiety and that's where i was last night so i love you brother thank you so much uh for listening everybody and check out uh Uh, his message. Get all of his books. Beta Satan is one of my favorite books all time. I'm still working through the awe of God. Uh, He's got uh, a bunch of other books that I haven't read. I got to get to those as well, but support uh, just him and Lisa Bevere. Pray for them. They're an important voice in our culture, calling and challenging the church to be what God has called us to be. So thank you so much. Love you guys, and I'll be looking forward to you next week. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. My book, Every Day a Miracle, comes out March 5th. Please pre-order today. It is a book about a journey towards trusting God who heals inside and out. Thanks for watching the episode.